Woohoo. I am the man from Mandu that fell asleep in a canoe, Stephen Penn. And I'm the man from Nantucket who fell down the stairs and said, fuck it, <laughs> Dylan Jones. And this is Closet, Closet Talks. Talks. The Closet Talks. Uh, it's the podcast where we sit somewhere near a closet and we talk about whatever we want to because it's our podcast and not yours. Amen. So, um, hi. It's been a while. It's uh, it's it's been it's a been while. Like two months, but that's Since fine. Been, um, yeah, things that dad rock. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> stained. Stained. Um, thank you. Yeah. Break so, I actually went to see Stained when I was in high school, and it was How the most boring show I've ever oh. seen. He just like came out, sat on a stool, had his mic, and sang, and isn't got that, up and left. Hold on, isn't that what you were expecting him to do? No, because like I, I had seen Seether and Shine Down and Three oh. Doors Down like several times, and they like they talk to the crowd. They have like you know like fire effects, and they have like you know all these things. Fire. And literally, he just came out and sat down. And it was like a single spotlight, and he was like singing songs and got up and left. And I was like, oh, okay, that's for the sad boy. But when you saw Seether, did he sing Broken? Uh, he was did. Not come out yet? <gasps> um, it was like the, the last time. Oh, that's not. But it was not a duet. He sang like the whole thing himself. It was really good. Which is even better because I mean, how do you imitate Amy Lee? Right. You don't. Anyways. So, um, what has been up with you? What's been up with me? Um, I've been working, and I have. That's literally all I do right now. Oh, started playing soccer. Casual. Oh, okay. I realize that I need to keep playing because I'm a little out of shape. Okay. But uh hey, I can still do it and the the cleats I got, they hot. Love it. So yeah. I also have been working yeah, a lot. Um I'm teaching and I'm teaching a lot of um What are you teaching? Uh cosmetology <gasps> at the wow. Paul Mitchell School. But um we are in orientation week right now of our new class that just started, so that's a lot of fun. And yeah. So what are uh, what are we drinking? Uh, I didn't make it. I just know oh, that that's right. I'm one and a half of them in, and woo. <laughs> so uh, that it's uh, dragonberry rum from Bacardi, and um, uh, lemonade. And yours has like some sort of other thing in it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. What so I was at, I was at Publix, use? and they had no business. But I was like, oh, maybe let's get lemonade. And then I looked at the top, and it had the little sticker, and it says limited edition. And I was like, yep. oh, bitch, what is it? And they had uh, watermelon basil tea, which is... Yum. It was okay. I like their um, the it pumpkin spice tea. It unsweetened a little more. It's just very, very sweet. But, oh, I know yeah. I didn't have that one. They have pumpkin spice tea one. in the fall. And then the one that's in this cup right now is passion fruit basil lemonade. Delicious. I love basil and literally everything. Yeah, so it does. Yeah. All right. It's not up for discussion. It's a fact. I All love right. it and everything. So well, but cheers. it's really good. I mean, not that I drank it already, but like cheers. Oh, glass oh, on shit. plastic. There we go. Hey. Have a sip. Mm. <sighs> Delightful. I hope you taste it. Well, it's refreshing. Today on the program. Who's next to you? Uh, we have a special guest in the <gasps> studio today. When did you get here? Um, it's great because, uh, you know, COVID, um, don't know if you've been, you know, paying attention, but COVID happened. Ha- is uh, it happening? happening. Yes. However, uh, the three of us in here today are all vaccinated. Many bow, weeks bow, out. Bow, bow, Yay. Bow. And, um, I want to welcome 
a very dear friend of many years, like going on what seven or eight. Oh, and Jesus. um, yeah, um, we will welcome Mr. Devin Helm. Yay! Shalom and good day, weary traveler. Oh, namaste, namaste. Name that movie. What? Oh, Aladdin. There you go. Thank you. I was Shalom and good evening. Thank please, you. please oh, come closer. Oh, I'm talking too quiet, aren't I? Me talking too quiet? What? <laughs> Trivia. What does he try to sell you that breaks? Oh, it's a the combination. Dead sea Tupperware. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, uh, I I was thinking of the um, combination hookah and coffee oh, maker. Yeah. You can make julienne it fries. Makes fries. I did not know he said julienne fries for years, and then he, I saw the fries. I said, "Oh shit!" Mm. And then he goes, "Break! It broke. It broke. <laughs> Stupid!" And it's only three minutes into the movie, and you're like, "Ugh." It is a really good movie, though. It is. I love Robin Williams. Oh. And I miss him every day. Um, so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, a mixed bag of things. Yes, we are. I think you want to go first and we'll, sure. we'll discuss. I, uh, we'll talk about things that I have learned at work from, um, unsavory people. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I cannot relate because I have a great team <laughs> and, um, yeah. And, uh, I, I really love them and they're all there for me and they've I all been that. very, um, uh, what's the word? Supportive. Um, like yesterday was my first day teaching the core class on my own without any sort of like help from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love that just, you know, to make sure that I felt supported, my education leader sent another, uh, teacher in there to be with me, not to say anything, not to do anything, but just to be in there for me if I had any nerves or anything like that, which I did not. I thought I would, but I didn't. Um, and we just had a lot of fun. And to the point that she actually was like, well, if you don't need me, I'm going to go. And I was like, all right, bye. And she left. And um, but we had a really good day. Um, I had the welcome event where I got to welcome all my new students um, uh, last Thursday, which was a lot of fun. And I had a really great experience with them because I, I talked to them about a lot of things. I talked to them about um, uh, bah, 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 forward focus. And that is something that is like really sticking out to me right now. Um, thinking positively, making sure that you're on the, on the forward side and you're like thinking forward and things like that yeah. and what that means. And so we were talking about, um, about that and making a 10% shift. So the whole idea of a forward focus is the step, like step one is recognizing where you are and are you on the positive or the negative side of thinking? Mm. So, um, I, I kind of brought up the time that are you, um, are you having a bad day or are you having a bad moment that you've oh, milked for the whole day? We talked about that before. And yes. It's so relevant. I yes. think about that often. I'm like, we'll, so we'll get through this. Right. Or we'll so die, you know. <laughs> like we, the coral reef, you know, when it gets stressed out, it dies. I can relate. Um, <laughs> I hope not. So <laughs> we're talking about that. And um, I, I brought up a student of mine from a past uh, class that I had taught. And um, I could tell this person was having a moment and um, was really stressed. And um, we were just kind of like, you know, she was having a moment. So I went to uh, talk to that person and was like, hey, you know, is everything okay? And they were like, um, 
no, I'm like this close to dropping out. And I'm like, oh my God, like why? And they were like, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm too old for this. Oh no. And I feel like I I'm that. too, I've made a bad decision on taking on something like this in such, uh, in later in life because uh, I don't retain the information as well. Um, I'm really struggling um, doing the technical things and I'm not remembering the theory portions of things and I'm making stupid mistakes that I know I shouldn't be making. And it's just really kind of stacking up and adding up and getting on, you know, really getting to. And so I was like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to stop. First things first, we need hugs and take a deep breath. And I said, remember forward focus. You have to recognize where you are. I'm hearing a lot of negative words, a lot of words with very negative connotations. So, um, can't, um, defeated, too old. Like all these things are just like so negatively charged. I said, so all I'm asking from you is a 10% shift into the right direction. I'm not asking for a full, you know, 180 from where you were. I'm just asking for a 10% shift in the right direction. Yeah. I said, so practice like the laws of the mind. And, uh, the third law of the mind is you can, um, you can only focus on one thing. That's actually the first law of the mind. First law of the mind, you can only focus on one thing. I wish I knew that yesterday. (laughs) And uh, my favorite is the third one, which is uh, you move toward what you focus on. And so um, I was like, just focus on those like things that are small that you're not understanding, you know, things like that. Gave her, gave her a hug and sent her on her merry little way. And um, flash forward, like two weeks later, we were in testing week and this person made a 100 on their written exam and no on their practical exam and then got the highest grade which was a 97 on the written exam and i'm like it's all in your head it's mm-hmm. all in your head about right. you have to have that forward focus and you have to make the 10% shift when you're in one of those negative spaces and i said as far as like being too old for something it's, it's never thing. about that you're never too old to achieve your dreams. You're never too old to go after something that you've wanted to do for a very long time. Um, I brought up the fact that uh, at 20 something, Oprah Winfrey was fired from her job. And in that moment, that was defeat because Mm -hmm. she was fired, but she had to get fired to become Oprah Winfrey that we know today. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you have to fail to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I kind of brought up what WD-40 stands for. And I was like, does anybody know what WD-40 stands for? And they're like, no. And I said, it stands for Water Displacement Formula 40. It took 39 failures to finally find the formula that worked. More you know. Um, Heinz 57. Yep. That's <laughs> recipe, awesome. Yeah, recipe 57. That's number 50. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So then today years old when we learned that. Yeah. (laughs) So then um, I brought up like Harrison Ford was not an actor until he was 30. Vera Wang did not design a gown until she was 40. It's, it's never, ever too late. Like go for what you're doing. People base their, their, their shortcomings, if you will, upon what their perception is of success and what the age associated with it is. I think a lot of it has to I do with that. people who compare themselves to others. 
which because as hard as he this tries, person inevitable. achieved this, so I need to be along that same path, Correct. and that's not where it's at. Um, I do have another student in my new class who, you know, I don't know anybody's age because, you know, we don't ask because we don't care. It's not relevant. Um, But she is of an older age. She is mature. And um, on day one, I was like, so what's your name? What's the dream? And told me their name and said, this is something I've wanted to do for 35 years and I've put it on hold for 35 years because I had to raise a family and I had children and I blah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. And is finally there and finally making it happen and finally making it work. We love that. Yeah. It's so exciting. I, know that I think it's, you know, it's something I've learned in recent years is, you know, I made decisions in my life and, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be successful. Everything's going to be great. It did not turn out as great. Uh, you know, it's not bad. You know, I'm fine with where I am, but like, you know, did I see myself at this point, at this age? No. You know, and I, we've talked about, you know, comparing yourself to your parents, which is both a, a fine and terrible thing because they lived in a different time. They lived in a different space. There was mm-hmm. different circumstances. Money was different. Jobs were different. The housing market was different, you know. Culture <laughs> was different. Atmosphere uh, was different. Absolutely, you know. Straight, being straight, completely different than being gay or anywhere within the LGBTQIA+. We got to do plus because the alphabet mafia. The alphabet mafia, the alphabet yes. Mafia. So it's this as soon as you you know tell yourself that you know it's great to aspire to be, you know the the role model that you you know associate your your parents or a guardian or someone just older than you in general, not necessarily your parents, uh, to be then, you know, and it, it's just an aspiration and it doesn't have to be uh, a goal. You know, it can be, but there's nothing wrong with it, not you not making it to the point that they were when, or you making it to the point that they were at that age. I think there's such an important happy medium there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my best friend and I are very polar opposite personality types. He's mm-hmm. a very ambitious driven person that oh. literally can't sit still for more than two minutes. Mm. And I ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have goals and things <laughs> I want to do, but by and large, I'm very go with the flow. Water sign energy. Uh, I know, right? Um, but yeah, I'm perfectly content most of the time with kind of whatever presents itself. I'm going to try and make the best of that very fair. and kind of roll mm-hmm. with the punches. But, you know, if you're to go with the flow, you become complacent and you don't really go after what you want. Correct. And if you're a little too ambitious, you're going to stress yourself out with like not giving yourself time to breathe also or appreciate yeah. what you do achieve. So I think that's kind of the cool thing of being so close to someone with such an opposite personality type is they've taught me a lot about myself and I hope Mm -hmm. that I'm returning the favor. Um, I like to think that I see growth on both sides here and there, but um, everything's a balance. Everything's a balance. You know, if you go too far to one extreme in any situation, like you're at an extreme either Uh, way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, like kind of, especially if you grew up like seeing your parents in a certain light and thinking mm-hmm. that's what you had to aspire to be. Like absolutely uh, makes sense that yeah. would, that's what you're yeah. going to strive to. But, um, and just finding yourself and where your balance is. And, um, I'm learning that now in a lots of different ways. I think the main way is I will absolutely use my voice to speak up for other people, but I will not love myself the same way that I love other people. 
And it's so hard it's to like, do that, though. Hey, give yourself a little bit of that protection, uh-huh. uh, and you know, and take up that space. Use your voice, you know, the way you would do it if you saw someone disrespect or you know someone in front of you that you loved, or if you saw someone you loved get down on themselves in this in a certain way, and you would you know hype them up or protect them, like mm-hmm. give a little bit of that to yourself too. Or um, if you see someone like going after their goals and you're like proud of them and you see them achieve stuff and you can do that too. You know, you don't have to just kind of take everything that life gives you. You can kind of throw a little back every once in a while and be like, wait, no, but I want this, you know, so let me work for it a little bit or take up that space. Um, I think a huge thing in a lot of situations when life does give you that tough stuff or those tough lessons is being careful not to make yourself the victim, like mm-hmm. making sure that you take time to acknowledge when something is tough or you don't like how it happened or you may feel kind of crappier. Right. You m- may be the victim of circumstance, but if you let yourself be made the victim or make yourself the victim, you're effectively giving away all power that you could have to change the situation yeah. or grow or change yourself. Mm-hmm. that's a completely different tangent that like goes into other things I could talk about, but I don't want to interrupt <laughs> where you were going. Either, no, you're so. good. I, I think it also, a good thing with that is, you know, it, a, a lot of the time you can't give to others or learn from others. If your cup is empty, mm-hmm. you can only give as much as you have. And just knowing when is enough is enough. And also knowing that you're worthy of the respect that you need to give to yourself as much as other people is also a very important thing. I'm also learning that some people, you can see all the potential in people and sometimes they may not realize what they have or they may just not have that thing you need from them to give right now. Right. You know, people can only give you what they have. So if someone hasn't grown into a certain place or gained a certain understanding to give you what you need, even though you may see or know that they have that capability, if they haven't realized it yet, they're still not going to be able to give it to you, mm-hmm. which is tough. Thou cup runneth empty before <laughs> I giveth it to you. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, absolutely. Dylan, five, nine. <laughs> Eleven, four. He's not quite that tall. <laughs> I, five, seven and three quarters or five, eight and a half, whichever. Well, I don't know. Depends on who's measuring. That is exactly why I invited uh, you on, Devin. Thank you. Because um, it's funny, like, the conversation that we're having now is now, like, a three-way conversation. However, every time I do your hair, because we spend hours together when I do your hair, it's like this. And we have these long, in-depth conversations on a very deep... um, uh, plain, I guess we have like a lot of like really serious things that we talk about because we are very much um, alike. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, we just need to like have you on the podcast because I think it would be a really great fit. Why we put three Scorpios in a room together and don't <laughs> know. We are three Scorpios in a room. Three um, Scorpios chilling in a room, two, six feet apart. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're vaccinated. It is, but you decided to booze this all up, so this just gets even deeper. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the point. Didn't take very um, much. You know, uh, three Scorpios in a room is is a good idea, and it works because we're all water signs, and water um, flows together. You know what also fine. flows? The l- 
the booze into this straw into sure my mouth. Does. Oh my god, dragon dragon fruit. Dragon. Oh. Uh, it's called dragon berry. It's strawberry oh. and dragon fruit together. It is. It's delicious. It, it tastes is. like a uh, a bad decision at a later time. But right now it's really good. So I wish I could grow this. But instead we could. Wait, what is that thing we grow outside? A laquat. Laquat. Which we need to check those. If you've never had one, look them up. They're the strangest thing. But uh, what? But you're not a laquat. Well, I don't know. You're kind of sweet, a little fruity, <laughs> a lot of fruity. <laughs> so it what works out. Kind of sweet. I'm super sweet. But you got like bitter seeds on the inside. Do I? Uh, I, don't I don't know. Why are you asking me? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, am I bitter? I'm Ooh. Not bitter. Ooh. So how about them uh, lions? Woof. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> how do you think I feel? Betrayed, bewildered. Bamboozled. Is that the wrong response? <laughs> What do I look like? I look. You look like a manly about to go out and commit a sin. Well, good. That was what I was going for. <laughs> um, so tell us about your experience. Oh, so my experience is without, you know, giving any names because they're not relevant. Um, but I just, there is a human, an individual, a spirit, an energy that I work with and is the kindest way to put it they are a less than savory individual. <laughs> kind of leave it. Oh. <laughs> I know who it is. That, oh, well, of course you do. <laughs> I come over every day. Do, do you want to know what this this heifer said to me? And he goes, all right. Oh, I know right. exactly who it is because uh-huh. I've also worked with this person For in the past. many years. Yep. They uh, they just leave a, a kind of a sour taste in your mouth. And you know we've talked about, you know, not being that person when you walk into a room, people go, ugh, this is a million percent. That kind of, that person. And, you know, they walk into the room and you're like, I just feel like the temperature go up. And I just feel like probably because my blood is boiling because I just know this, you know, the first thing they do, they're going to sit down to complain to something. And lo and behold, tried and true. Oh, my gosh. Just complain, complain, complain. And I was like, Ugh. so we have gotten into it a couple of times because they, again, say less than savory things that are just inappropriate. Like no one in this in this vicinity view is on the same level where you can make these kind of jokes that you are. And they're just like hurtful and they're kind of just mean and they're just completely inappropriate for the workplace for people who are not in the same mindset as you, you know? Yeah. But I learned that there, (laughs) especially today, that there is humility in finding happiness in other people's success that does not benefit you. So I got some great feedback today and it was, I was, you know, I hate feedback because it's a gift. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know how to take a compliment. And I was like, oh, my you. God, thank you so much. I Okay, let's be honest. I'm not very modest. But, like, you know, when I get a compliment, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. I didn't think that. I really did think that about myself. But it's well, weird yeah, to hear other people. Good to hear it from other people. I'm like, what? And Words so, of affirmation. Yes, I, I do love them. And so this person is giving me feedback. And the other person we're speaking of is behind them like oh mom his head's getting big like to other people except bitch you don't tell you don't talk shit about the person next to you to people that are not your friends because they're gonna tell the other person and they did and i was 100%. like 100 mm-hmm. and then and then they got some feedback and it was good and i was like ew and they're like just change your tune i was like ew gross why ca- why can't you just let someone have a moment because it's not centered around you this is my loudest voice ugh is why what? I said, this is my moment. Uh, it's my is, special. It's my special. <laughs> 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 Drag queens, man. And well, also, yeah. I, I learned from, from this person that 
you cannot help yourself if you're unwilling to. Ooh. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, we, there's been I'm some... willing to help myself. I know people I care about that are not willing to help themselves. And that uh-huh. is super stressful. Well, it's Be- really stressful when you care a lot about somebody. You're and a helper you personality. Want, <laughs> yes. And you want to be there for somebody. And you're like, I, I want to fix you, but I can't. But you, lesson Devin is learning is sometimes, sometimes, a lot of times, people don't need you to fix them because it's not your job. Correct. It's not your place. It's not your responsibility and a lot of times you can't i also don't like the idea of anyone feeling like i want to fix them that actually breaks my heart a little that Mm -hmm. like my love or support might come across that way sometimes right it's more so i want to spare you pain or take away any sort of quote-unquote negative emotion or situation you may run into because i love you so much i want to protect you Uh but Every conflict is an opportunity for growth, mm-hmm. and whether it's conflict between you and another person, conflict in yourself, conflict with the world. Um, and if I am constantly trying to protect people or anyone is trying to protect no one's anyone, learn. yeah, you're taking away that opportunity right. for this person to learn and grow. And I don't want to do that to anyone either. So that's a very hard lesson for me. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, oh gosh, I just had a thought and I lost it. Um, yeah, just a tough thing that I've been learning, especially that like unsolicited advice, even though I don't know her at all. She's not a close personal friend to me, mine that I, you know, interact with every day. Um, <laughs> but I'm learning like to be more careful about like where I want to speak my mind to try and help or protect someone. And a lot of times I may feel like I'm right, or I may very well even be right and know better and could help. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And be able to help someone. But at the end of the day, like if I'm not letting this person learn the lesson on their own, the lesson's not going to stick. Correct. And I think one of the most, two of the most powerful things that I learned recently, and this comes from an endeavor of mine that maybe I'll talk about later, but um, one being. Um, so one of those being um, when you are constantly trying to fix things for another person or help teach them the lesson, even though they should be learning it on their own, you're kind of taking away that opportunity for them to learn the lesson on their own, which is how the lesson actually sticks, as well as um, the tough thing for me was realizing that that can sometimes come across as you don't believe in this person or their ability to figure it out on their own, Mm -hmm. which I think was super important for me. And it sucks to think that I may have conveyed that message to certain people at points in my life. Um, Because I definitely have full confidence in the people that I love to grow and learn on their own. I just care so much that I want to be like, no, let me help you. You'd have to do this by yourself. Um, But sometimes you really do. You really have to learn those lessons or make those mistakes on your own to just be like, shit, like, let me hit rock bottom so it sticks, you know? But that puts you into one of two categories of people. The one that wants you to avoid, wants you to help another person avoid the mistake that you made Mm -hmm. as opposed to being that person who says, I have dealt with this myself, so you should also have to deal with it, which is actually... Very much <sighs> it's kind of selfish. It's, no, it's not helpful. me. Um, and it, it also goes hand in hand with like you can't help people who don't want help. Uh, yeah, 
Um, it's like Absolutely. when people are forced to go to rehab because um, the state has mandated you go to rehab. If you're not Baker's Act. in it, yeah, I mean, it could be like a Baker Act type of thing, um, <clears throat> which I don't know who knows what a Baker Act is, but basically if you get Baker Acted, that means um, this today. someone, <laughs> uh, it means that you're being held against your will um, and being hospitalized against your will because you are displaying um, signs of self-harm in some capacity. Um, not just self-harm, but like you may be out of your mind. Yeah. So people who are excessively yeah. intoxicated and um, are just absolutely acting Indeed. out and they're, they're just not in their right mind. People who are on drugs, people who maybe just... Um, have had a psychotic breakdown. Um, danger to everyone. And yeah. And you're a danger yeah. to yourself. You're a danger to everyone else around you. That is a, that it can get you Baker acted. And basically that's when someone calls the cops and the cops show up and they arrest you and they take you to the hospital and you were held against your will um, to be observed. But it go, yeah, like you can't help people who don't want help. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it kind of goes uh, along. I, I'm bringing everything back to like what I'm teaching right now because it's what's fresh in my mind. But, um, I do talk about, um, people who have a visionary attitude and people who don't. So, um, the thing with, we call a visionary at, at, at school, we call them visionaries, the people who show up first and they're the last to leave. They, they truly believe in the vision that we have. They believe right. in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say yes to everything and they're just in it to win it. They're the people who want to be on the Dean's list. They're the people who want to do the honors program. But then you have like the middle part, which is um, the fence sitters. And those are the people who are neither here nor there. They just kind of mm. like float around. Right. Yeah. yeah. We know and um, well, fence setters are like, it's not such a negative thing, but like when I think about it, it kind of is a negative thing. It just doesn't have because a, a exquisitely positive connotation. No, because fence sitters sit on the edge and they watch other people do great things. And the thing is with um, with with the vision that we have, um, whether that be something that you um, are doing with a corporation or you know whatever. Um, you have to support the vision. And if you're the person who is just kind of sitting there on the sidelines going, okay, I'm going to watch you guys do this and I'm just going to sit here and chill and watch it happen. Um, Successful people do the things that unsuccessful people don't want to do because they're lazy. Unwilling to do. They're unwilling to do so. So um, those fence sitters just kind of like sit there and just like, "Eh, I'm just going to watch it happen. It's fine. Just bypass me. And then there are the people who we call the resistors. And the resistors are the ones who criticize the vision. They criticize the people who are trying to accomplish said vision. And they're the people who they kind of just walk around the school all day. They don't really do anything. They don't have um, they don't have clients that come in. They don't um, they don't work on their their worksheets. They don't do anything they just kind of exist in the space and that's i I drill this into my students i'm like 
please, for the love of God, please do not be this person because I, I, I sound like a mama hen because I'm like, You're I raised my baby. Instructor. Right. And I'm like, I raised <laughs> my babies to be a certain way. I don't want you guys to be those that just sit and chill and exist because no. you're paying upwards of 20 grand to go to this school and for you to just sit in the lunchroom and we call it, it's a break room, but we call it the broke room because if you're hanging out there, you're not making money. Those are what my mother would refer to as a professional student. And I don't <gasps> know how anyone, oh, I'm going to use it's that. It's terrible, but also, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the best description of that. It's like, I, I, those people always confused me. How mm-hmm. do you exist with this? My, like, and, and does it always resort back to money? No, but yes, in this instant it does. Like, in um, our industry, like the the beauty industry, you're there to make money. Yeah, like no doubt about it, you are there to make money, and you want to be doing as much as you can to make money. And I I, I use this as a uh, an example for my students all the time. I'm like, when I first started in my very first salon, I I straight up told the owners in my interview to get hired. I said, I don't do perms. I don't do perms and I don't do roller sets because... Fast forward. <laughs> right. And I, I said, I don't do those two things. And the owners were like, okay, that's fine. Because in my head at the time, my attitude was... Well, those are for old people. Both of them. <laughs> Here we <Because> both are. <laughs> roller, <laughs> because roller sets. Dare you. What? I said, how very dare you. Uh, right. right. As we both look each other with our perms. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Two of my perm clients right here. This is so natural. Oh, my God. People Absolutely are like, is that real? And I'm like, it's permanently honest, real. Though, the vast majority of people think this is absolutely my natural hair, which I will take as a compliment any day. Same. Also, I'm like, I will take that as a compliment. Yeah. But like, I'm just like, do you mean you think I have exotic, wonderful features that fit this beautiful girl so beautifully that Stephen Penn manufactured onto my head oh with my God. the most <laughs> skill and my- in care in the entire world? Thank you so much. My cousin oh. texted me, messaged me the other day. He goes, has your hair always been that curly and I've been that oblivious? <laughs> and I said, oh, baby, no. Yes, yes, mm. But also, yes. <laughs> so thank you so much. Right. So, so I, awesome. I, I told them I don't I don't do perms. I don't do roller sets because in that day, which was um, 13, almost 14 years ago, um, the the perm clients that were coming in were older and they, they tend were. To be, yeah. And they were female with lots of hair. And I was just like, this is going to take forever. And then roller sets. I was like, I don't do roller sets. Um, and because those are for old people. They come in once a week. They get their hair roller set. And then... Once a week? Yeah. Good Lord. That's no, 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 a no, no, money no. pit. Listen, they, like, back in back in the day, you know, people got their hair washed once a week. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah. And you would come it's in... a little better. You would come in on a Monday... And your hair would look like that until next Monday. And you would, you know, wrap it with tissue paper. You would do, you know, whatever to hold the style. And then, um, Beauty, man. yeah, it, it, it's a whole thing. So I, I told them I don't do those two things. I don't do roller sets. I don't do perms. And they said, okay, that's fine. They hired me anyway. Crazy. Um, okay. So flash forward, I'm now there. And I start seeing three to four perms walk in per day. 
Is that what got you into it? The what? Is that what got you back? back no. Uh, say it again. Is that what got you like back into doing perms or like passion? No. So oh. uh, I I I. I watched all these people come in and this is where we, we talk about forward focus and we talk about shifting your focus because when I saw these people coming in, there's three to four a day coming in going, I'd like a perm or I'd like a roller set. A perm at my salon went for $140 because that was the perm with your haircut. And you should see Devin's face right now. I, said, I, I do not charge that. I do not charge that, especially for my men. Uh, men's perms for me are, are not quite ex- ex- as expensive, but um, it it takes a lot of work. It takes a, it lot, takes of a lot of time. time. It yeah. takes a lot of experience. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's all of those things. But so, th- four of these would walk in a day, and the same girl who was like perm happy would take all of them. And so, let's just talk about let's talk about the hour and a half that we have the hour and a half that we have where a perm is being done. So we'll just call her Brenda. Brenda is rolling a perm. Okay. And then while that perm is processing, she's doing another cut and then she wraps up that cut and then goes back to the perm and then uh, maybe slaps a color on top of that and then goes back to another person and then comes back to the perm. So Brenda has made $145, let's just go round up, and 150 bucks on the perm. And then she took a haircut, which was 45 bucks. And then she took a hair color, which was also about 50, 50 bucks or so. For a color? Damn. Nice. So, I mean, color with me, is it's pretty expensive. Like, yeah. you know. Don't I say that? That's fairly inexpensive. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Brenda has made, I'm just going to, I didn't go to school for fucking math. Around 250. Um, no, nah, probably higher. She's made uh, about, take a couple I would say, <laughs> I would say like $300 in this hour because she's taken on so many things. Meanwhile, I don't do two of the things that she's done. So I'm sitting over here doing haircuts for men, which I got very good at very fast well, because I had no fucking choice. So, I had to take how many haircuts in an hour to make what Brenda was making. There wasn't enough time in the day. So Brenda is making like all this money. And then I have to do double time, if not more to catch up to what she was making. So I'm, I'm doing cut after cut after cut after cut. It's like, I'm, I'm knocking out one dude every 30 minutes. And I'm just like, working so hard and I would go home and I would be so exhausted and I'm just like I just worked my ass off to make a fraction of what she was making because she did those services right right and right, right. really in honesty um I didn't do perms um I I was I got licensed in 2009 and I did not do perms until Hill. 2020 2019 2019 um i i started with another client who um not you devin someone before you not asked me. me i came later much <laughs> later yes somebody asked me they were like do you do perms and i was like no not really 
Cause I was still in the mindset of like, I don't do them. And he was like, well, I was just thinking about blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And I started thinking about flashbacks to Brenda. Not and Brenda. I was, right. And I was like, not this. She's making all this money to do something so easy. And I was like, in all honesty, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's 20 steps that you have to do to do a perm. There's a song that goes with it. Uh, there's many songs that go with it. <laughs> songs but currently it's for, like, uh, I'm every woman by Whitney Houston. Oh, that's, I said like, I'm every woman by Whitney Houston. Maybe, but we could work on it at Paul Mitchell. Um, we do to help, um, our future professionals, AKA students, remember all 20 steps we have them come up with a song and we're like when i was in school um it was we called it permalicious it was fergalicious we got those curls on lock lock so we had like a whole song um my last class did um the drake song they were like we perm we perm we perm i don't know the actual song Um, but um yeah, there's there's 20 steps to doing it, and I was like, oh, what am I so af- like? What am I so afraid of? I was like, yeah, I'll do your perm. That's fine, and I did it, and I was like, oh my god, this is so easy. It's just time consuming. That's it is time it consuming, is. Yeah. but you get faster and faster and faster. And you have the more you do it, right? You have a great conversation. So then I start getting the, his his um his perm started rippling through, um the the theme park world where people were like oh where you didn't have curly hair are you saying i'm a trendsetter maybe oh my god so then people start reaching out and they're like oh i kind of want a perm i want a perm too i want a perm and now um the school i teach at the day school students have nicknamed me the mayor of permville because I love them so much. And I tell this story to my, I tell this story to my, my future professionals because I'm like, don't be afraid of them. And all of them, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Even like for the, the students today versus the people I went to school with, they all were terrified of doing them and they didn't want to do them. I think because the state of Florida requires you to do so many that you've done them over and over and over on a doll head. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm sick of rolling these stupid perms because Because when you do it on a doll head, you don't get to see the final result. You don't apply the solution. You don't do any of those things. You just roll it and then you bring it to your teacher. Um, If you bring it to me, I will shake it. And if any of the rollers fall out, I have you re-roll them because it wasn't strong enough. And then I have you tell me all 20 steps and then I will give you credit for what you did. Got it. Okay. Um, and I think that's, I think that's what it is because that's you never get to see, you never get to see the final result. And that's why I tell all of my students, I'm like, listen, don't, don't, don't toss it aside and be like, I'm never going to do this in the real world. Because if you really just do it once, even if it's in school, do it once on a human being and you realize how easy it really is. And you go, oh, my God, this is a piece of cake. And then you see the outcome. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, I just did. I did that. It's because it I just on a, did that. A learning style. Like 
as someone who is a kinesthetic and a hands-on yes. person, seeing results that my hands have done yes. is ex- more way more satisfying than being like, oh, yeah, it's going to do this. If you tell me it's going to be that way, it's not going to stick with me. But once I see that I, I, I made yes. this thing, I did this thing, yes. it's, I'm like, oh, shit. I am all yes. We, um, yes. at Paul Mitchell, we get it. Um, have a whole thing on multiple intelligences or your MI and yes. within yes, your yes, first, yes, yes, yes. yeah, when you, within your first few days of uh, orientation, we have you take the MI test and it's, I, wait, it takes, a, take that? yes, you did. Yes. Um, it takes about 15 minutes Spot to fill on. out and it tells you whether you are body kinesthetic. Are you someone who needs to do it with your hands to understand? Are you a visual learner? Are you someone who needs to see me do it for you to understand? Are you someone who is uh, musical or rhythmic? Do you need to come up with a really clever way of remembering things? Are you somebody who needs um, repetition? There's all sorts of different learning styles. And at Paul Mitchell, we definitely, um, we hit all of those in every single lesson. That is part of my job, which makes my job a little bit more difficult and a little bit more challenging because Every single time that I get up there and I start teaching, I have to make sure that I hit every single person's in multiple intelligence so that everyone in the class is on the same page. And something that I I, I don't ever like to say as as an instructor, I don't ever like to say, um, everybody get it? Or is everybody like... Do you have it? I I don't ever like to be like that. So uh, the way I like to ask is, how do we feel? How do we feel about that? Because it, yeah. it it brings, it's easier for someone who isn't understanding to be like, can you repeat that? If you say everybody got it, now that person who doesn't understand or doesn't get it is because a little less susceptible to being like, hey, I don't understand. They right. feel embarrassed. Because they feel like, oh God, now I feel together. stupid. Right. I should have gotten this. And so that's why I always say, how do we feel about that? That's and that a, op- an, that's an open discussion. Yes, yes it's an yeah, open yeah, yeah. discussion to be like, how do you feel? You, okay, I, I see the look on your face. You seem to not understand what we're doing. Okay, so I right. just did it visually. I just did it with you and you still don't get it. Okay, so what's the next step? Okay, let's let's find a clever way of coming up with a rhyme or a song or something f- to help you remember what this is. Um, <laughs> my my teacher when I was in school uh, would come up with all sorts of like little stupid things. Um, panthenol is a chemical in all of the things that give your your hair extra body, so thickening things extra body things, anything that gives your hair that plump feeling has panthenol in it. That's a fun word. And the way that she, she described it, she, you know, she described it to hit all of our multiple intelligences, but the one that hit me and that I still remember to this day was she said, cause when I was in school, it was eons ago, but okay. Mm. Well, when I say this reference, you're going to go, Oh, okay. Um, she said, Panthenol reminds me of the Pink Panther. Okay. And when Beyonce had that really big 
voluminous hair. <gasps> oh, it was, her so hair it was, was so good. It was so beautiful. So Pink Panther Damn it, Janet. sounds like Panthenol, which means Beyonce, which means big hair. And that's just how I remembered. So every time that I like have to bring this up, I'm like, okay, this is stupid. But, and I tell them. So association um, is, is definitely hits on a learning style. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because if, if I, okay. So you remember the, um, schoolhouse guy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was it, um, what was the other one that was very politically driven? Was it, was it Schoolhouse Rock? Style? Yeah. So like the preamble, I can sing you the whole fucking thing. You know why? Because it's in a song. And then Could tell re- you how a bill is made. We the people. <laughs> in order to find my, my perfect. Yeah, I'm not going to sing the whole fucking thing, but like that that's the only way it stuck for me. Yeah. It's because it was, a, it was a stupid song. And at the time I was like, this is dumb. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like humming it. I'm like, God. And then I just, I, yeah, that was, that was ninth grade. And I just, from then on, I was like, is this the way I'm going to learn? I'm going to sing little things to myself or find little like well, yeah. patterns. Yeah. And that's perfect because, you know, it just, it just worked for me. So yeah. for example, that it works. Can it, can confirm, can yep. confirm that thing works. And it's absolutely possible to have more than one, uh, multiple intelligence. Like yeah, yeah, for absolutely. instance, for me, um, I am somebody who, when I am, listening to um, uh, the theory portion of something when the instructor is telling me the whys behind what we do, I am a fidgeter. So I fidget. I need something in my hands to play Uh with. It it, it has nothing to do with the lesson. It's just something I need. And what's really cool about my classroom is have ADD. No. Oh, because um, that's a very common thing with ADHD, like those fidget right. things, spinners, whatever. I would have killed to have those. I oh, yeah, yeah. I would have learned so much more. And been I think you would place. benefit like being in the atmosphere that my class is in because at every single table in the center of the table is a little basket. And in that basket, you will find maybe some candy. Um, you will also find uh, writing tools. You will find little note cards to write notes on. Uh, and yes. you will find little toys to play with. Um, I have the little cubes that have like the little, um, what do you call that? Um, yeah, it's like, a, oh, those it's ones, got what, a little. Uh, the cube, like, I would, again, th- that's the exact thing I'm talking about. But it's like a maze. Yes. It's like a maze and you have like the little, the little, um, uh, uh, metal, the metal marble that like rolls and you have to like get it positioned just right to like fall into the next hole, you know, all that. So, and we have those, we have tops that you can like spin on the table. We have fidget spinners. We have all of those things because people need those, um, their brain to focus for their brain to focus. Yeah. All of the markers in my room don't tell me scented. God damn it. Oh, if I ever come and visit, I'm because so they're sorry. all scented, right? So because it invigorates sensory the sensory. Yes, it's all of those things. Like the school that I that I work for, the company I work for thinks about everything. They have like if if you're using a brown marker, it smells like a tootsie roll. If it's a red marker, it smells like a cherry. Like you, all of these things, and it just triggers all of these things. So I'm um you're we. It's it's crazy because we have talked in previous episodes about Paul Mitchell before I even was working for them. Yeah. 
and we all know how passionate but I you've am. worked for them now. I have before yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like wait a minute I have before yeah but um even like I used to work for them in 2017 and I worked for the Tampa location and um I'll be honest it was ghetto as hell <laughs> uh we had some really awful people in management positions that had absolutely no fucking business being in the management position yeah. um people who scared me to death. Like, um, we have an education leader. So when you think of an education leader, you think of people who are in power, who are there for you, who want to see you succeed in the education field. One would think. And, and in Tampa, we had uh, a certification coming up and my education leader told me point blank to my face, you're not ready for this. What thinks? What makes you think you're gonna pass? Ew. You're not gonna pass. No. You haven't been here long enough. You don't know the information. You need to know this information inside and out. You need to be able to relay this information to all these people. Blah 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 blah. And she drilled it into me that I was not prepared. So I didn't certify. I didn't even take the risk of certifying. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not gonna do it. And then flash forward how many years later I'm working for Palm Mitchell Orlando and I'm talking to my education leader and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I should like certify. I've only been here for two weeks, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, just do it. You got this. You understand the information. I've been around you. I've seen you do these auditions. I've seen you do all of these things. Like she totally believed in me and pumped me up and I did it. You know, it's Great. like all these yep. things. It, it, it really, I, I work for a great location. It is, you know, like any company, location to location is different. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that the, and not to trash talk Paul Mitchell Tampa, they have definitely changed in the past few years. They are run by different people. Um, different people are in, um, different people doing different things and uh, in power. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but here is, I'm so passionate about the company. I'm so passionate about what they stand for. I'm so passionate about, um, yeah, just the whole thing. Yeah. So I think a lot of people forget that longevity does not mean ability. Yeah. I have in recent weeks have just found that to be completely true. Just because you, I, I have been here far less time than many of my coordinator friends. And but that does not mean that I'm unable to be doing the same things that they are because I've made it a step above them. Like just because just because you were here when dirt was invented does not mean that you're able to do the things that that is specifically being asked of you. Yeah. So I think it's it's crazy that that you know this your peer would be like, oh no, you're not ready. Well, how do you know that? Because I haven't been here as long as you have. That's shady. That is straight up shady because you are threatened by by me. Ooh, kind of relates back to what I was saying too. Of hit just a nerve. Like <laughs> allowing people to like learn on their own time, you know. Or a lot of times, I think yeah. I know better because I've quote unquote learned that lesson before. But mm-hmm. someone may view it through a different lens, um, or have a different way to approach it, and still get to a very valid solution. Just maybe not the way I would have approached it. Right. I mean, that makes you one of two people, the, the, the person that's going to 
say, hey, I experienced it this way and I experienced turmoil, so I don't want you to have that same time that I had. Or the other person that says, hey, I went through this, so you also have to go through it. That's that's not always the best option. Both of them are viable options, but not always the best one for the situation. Well, and then so. even though as well as well mannered as it may be of I've learned this lesson, I don't want you to have to go through it. Sometimes people need to go through it to learn the lesson on their own. Even yep. myself included, I've had situations where people have been like, Devin, don't do that. And I'll be like, I hear you. I respect you. I'm taking in your input. But also, but as much as I don't think I'm a stubborn person, <laughs> there are certain <laughs> lessons I've learned on my own the hard way. Uh-huh. And I've had to learn myself to let other people learn that way. Um, and yeah. to understand, like, that all goes back around to if you have a fixer-type personality and you want to, like, save other people the anguish. It's very like, hard. Yeah. It's not your job. It's not your place. And some people genuinely need that mm-hmm. to learn. They need to fall on their butt and learn the lesson the hard way before they're like, oh, shoot, they might have been on to something. Yeah. You know? So... There's a time and a place, and sometimes it's neither the time nor the place. Absolutely. And so. it's um, a big thing for me is I'm learning to differentiate between offering unsolicited advice, which no matter how well-intentioned it may be, is not always as helpful as we think it may be. Right, yeah. Um, and just being like, hey, can I offer you some insight? Which is acknowledging that this is my experience. This is how I learned from oh. a similar situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So can I give you my perspective of how I would approach or how I did approach a situation? Right. And I'm learning that if someone says, no, I don't really want to hear it. I'm okay. like, okay, well, I tried, yeah. you know, <laughs> and if you don't want to hear it, that's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I did my part by being like, hey, can you listen? Do you want to listen to my insight? Are you open for this? Yeah. Yeah. Are you open to it? And Mm -hmm. if you're not, then like, okay, cool. Cool. I tried. And then I don't have to feel guilty because I think that's my biggest issue with that is normally where I would want to offer unsolicited advice is because like, oh, if I don't speak up and tell you how I handled this, like I'm robbing you from a perspective that may protect you. But I don't want to like throw information at you. Like this is the only way to handle it. Like you have to listen to me cause this is the only way to fix this. So, Guilty. you know, if I'm just like, Hey, this is how I handled this. This is my experience. This is my insight of how I think it might help you if you're open to it. Great. You're open to it. Great. Here you go. Here's my information. You can use it or not. Um, have like a great that. day. We'll see yeah. how you do. Or, Hey, are you open to it? No, I don't really want to hear it. Okay, okay, I offered, cool. I tried. Yeah. You don't want to hear it? Okay, cool. You know, no worries. You know, and if if things work out in your favor and you didn't need my insight, great. I'm you so learned glad something. you didn't need that. Yeah. You learned in a different way on your own. I'm glad it worked out for you. Um, if it didn't work out for you and you did have to learn the hard way, I'm here to help. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here to help pick you back up, you know, right. and love on you, brush you off. You know, we can discuss what you learned if you want to. If not, you know, you can process it on your own. I'm just here for you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but learning to kind of find that balance on my own, kind of like we said, it's it's all balance, you know. Yeah. Hey, like, I tried. I did my part by trying to offer that insight, not throwing my opinion at you, but like, hey, I have thoughts or experience that relate to this situation you're going through in some way. Are you open to hearing how I dealt with it in case that may help you? Great. 
awesome, if not also awesome. You know, yes. I'm here if you need me. Mm-hmm. So. As someone who, <laughs> on multiple occasions, thinks that they're right in every single aspect of their life, it's that's I something I definitely that. need to can confirm. can confirm. I know you were gonna say that, damn it, because you're the I, one that, you're the one who has given me this feedback, and I'm very aware that it happens, and I'm like, I love you to pieces. And sometimes I have to remind you, hey, 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 hey. The thing is that is what Devin just said is that what I need to realize is that I have experienced this in a way that has affected me both maybe positively or, you know, negatively or something I can learn from. And I need to understand that not everything that works or doesn't work for me is the same for everyone else. So just offering them the it's it's the same with the hey, like you know, I, I want to vent. Do, would you like me to just listen or would you like feedback? That is the, you need to ask questions when someone comes to you with, with a concern like that, because if you don't, then you're just going to give what someone wasn't necessarily asking for. And it turns into you yeah. guilty can confirm. So oh. on that topic, <laughs> um, I have a little endeavor of mind of actually being ambitious. Yes, please. I, Um, I'm in a certification program to become a life coach, which always has a weird connotation where Mm -hmm. the term life coach sounds inherently arrogant because it's like, oh, I know everything about life. So I'm an expert, which is not what it means at all. If you're ignorant, that's what it comes across as. But if you've. Well, exactly. I mean, it's basically just like a life coach is a little less aggressive or serious than therapy. It's basically just. Um, which is a very good thing for me because in this program it's teaching me how to balance that a little better of like I know this person I care about or this person I'm trying to help has the ability to take care of these things on their own. Mm -hmm. All I'm doing is poking holes and asking good questions to help you think on your own. So I'm not responsible for fixing your problems for you. No, that's, that's I'm just a here to thing. help remind yeah. you that you have the skill set to do it on your own. Right. Um, and it's a good exercise in, for me of helping that person navigate, but also balancing the fact that like they have the ability to do it on their own and they're figure it out on their own. So let me just ask that good questions to make you think a little harder, a little yes. deeper than you're maybe used to. Expand your thinking. Exactly. Right. To give you a different perspective to reframe and reflect um, what you're going through to help you figure it out on your own. I'm not solving your problems. I'm just reminding you that you have the ability and the skill set to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, um, just making sure that I'm doing that not offering that unsolicited advice but like can i give you some insight yep or tell me a little bit tell me more is one of my favorite like phrases that we learn about is like why do you feel that way why do you look at it that way like i have genuine curiosity i want to look at it like really put myself in your shoes to try to understand you and see how you're approaching this issue um another really cool thing that i learned from this class currently um, one of my most recent classes, the topic was coaching in relationships mm, and relationships okay. are such a huge part of everyone's life, whether they realize it or not, because yeah. your relationship with your friends is a platonic relationship. Your relationship with anyone you you're interested in could be a romantic relationship. You have familiar relationships, you have right. work relationships, like uh-huh. every interaction with a yep. person around you is a relationship to some extent. And you have to be conscious of how you interact with that. 
Um, one of the coolest things that I learned from that is when your scientific, it's scientifically proven when your heart rate is above 100 beats per minute, your brain is only accessing your midbrain, which is um, responsible for your fight or flight. Mm. So you're either going to be defensive okay. and fight or you're going to shut down and run away from a conversation. And if that's how you're reacting to any sort of confrontation or conflict, like you're not really resolving anything Correct. and you're not growing. Versus if you give yourself the time to kind of like calm down and let your heartbeat relax as well, once you start accessing your prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for your reasoning and empathy, you can put yourself in the shoes of another person and understand where the other person is coming from and you have a conversation to truly understand each other, which is how you resolve conflict. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing as well. Like I personally, not to toot my own horn, I am not very reactionary. I'm very responsive. So I will think and mm. overthink every response that I have. So even when I get into a situation where my pulse or, or tension might be heightened, my brain is wired to still stay pretty calm and respond and think through everything. Okay. And I've had to understand that not everyone's like that. Some people genuinely need the time to walk away and cool yes. down. So no matter how much I want to resolve something instantly, not everyone can react that way. The same person. And sometimes yeah. even I may need that time to kind of, you know, relax where if I've been kind of holding space for someone else's emotions and fielding those emotions for them like that's a bunch of shit i'm carrying around too where whether i like to admit it or not i may even need a minute to step away right. and be like i'm annoyed at how this person's handling this and i don't want to lash out at them because that's not going to be helpful yeah so let me take a minute to you know and be like okay let's jump back in you know my heart rate's yeah. lowered i'm back in my normal mind frame of thinking through and like how do we find a compromise in the middle? You know, and some people just aren't raised that way. Some people are raised in an environment where they constantly have to defend everything they think and feel. We all and know these people. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's just not, not normal practice to mm. how do we breathe and give ourselves a minute <laughs> and, you know, hash this out and like a level compromising empathizing frame of thought but right. that was just something that blew my mind that like really scientifically chemically your body will not allow you to access that part of your brain you need to understand the other person unless you are in a state of a little more like go with the flow calm i understand you where if your heart rate's jacked up you're like you're straight up in fight or flight you you physically don't have access to that part of your brain you need to properly address the situation um, and i thought that was really cool and something i try to think of for the people that are a little more reactionary yeah um and at the same time like for those people sometimes i need to put my foot down or anyone needs to and be like no i'm not going to be talked to that way um hard lesson as well as for me recently is you teach people how to treat you so if i'm constantly uh -huh. allowing you to speak to me in a way where your emotions are the most important and you can speak to me with disrespect that I don't deserve the more you do that and the more I allow it without putting my foot down and kindly being like I don't know who you're getting an attitude with you know it's not me it shouldn't be me because right. I'm speaking to you respectfully <laughs> so like uh -huh. 
I don't know why you're getting feisty when I'm not trying to fight with you, you know, which is something that I honestly deal with a lot. Not to act like I'm some sort of saint or martyr. I just, it doesn't make sense to me to react angrily to someone because that's not helping conversation and we're not going to get anywhere. Right. It's going to incite a response that you're not, you're not looking for and you're not. Uh, yeah. And I don't yeah. have the energy to deal with it because I'm no. too lazy. <laughs> you know? um, Real but talk. At, but at the yeah. same time, I'm also human. So like if, mm-hmm. you know, which is, I think a hard part for me that I deny a lot of the time where like I may be genuinely angry or annoyed and I won't react to it because I don't want to be that aggressive, angry person. But the hard fact of the world is a lot of times people respond more to that assertive, strong aggression or anger more than they respond to kindness and gentleness, which honestly makes me sad. But I was actually, I don't know the greatest relationship with my parents, but I had a relationship or I had a conversation with my dad last time I was home and I was kind of talking to him about things of this nature and I said that I find it very interesting that people don't respond to kindness and gentleness the same way that they respond to anger and aggression. Yeah. But we got into the topic of like, sometimes that's literally what it's there for. Where like, it's not like I'm a person without anger or aggression. I usually describe any sort of feeling like that as frustration because okay. anger doesn't really make sense to me. To me, it's usually the lack of understanding. If I can put myself in your shoes, I'm not going to be angry. I'm going to understand. I may be frustrated with your response, of but course. I'll understand yeah. where it's coming from. But the point is, is like if I'm communicating a boundary to you or something I don't like or whatever, and you don't respect that or you continually cross that boundary or you don't try to understand me, I have every right in the world to get a little more aggressive or a little angry at that point because I've tried to communicate you. I've tried to communicate with you. I've tried to have that conversation. And if you're not listening to me, maybe at that point I do need to, you know, strap my boots on and be a little bit more of a hard ass and be like, what are you doing? You know, I don't want to have this conversation with you 12 times. So like, why are we here? Another cool part of that program that I'm in, um, one of our classes was called the art of questioning and a really cool example that the instructor gave was, um, something as simple as like, say your partner or child or whoever leaves socks on the floor and you address it as instead of being like, why the heck are these socks on the floor? They're not supposed to be there. You're just like, Hey, I noticed these socks on the floor we've talked about this before as to where they should go or, you know, how we should be cleaning up. Can you talk me through your decision-making process as to why you left them on the floor? Cause I've communicated to you that that's not where they go. And I don't want to have this conversation with you again. So how can we address that better in the future? You know, which is like kind of straightforward and it may come across as a little stern, but it's not necessarily like aggressive or attacking or guilting. It's just like acknowledging like, hey, we've talked about this before. I'm sure you didn't necessarily mean to do that as a sign of disrespect, but it could be taken that way or this just shouldn't. This isn't the situation we should be in Mm -hmm. because we've talked about this before. So how do we work together to find a compromise to make sure that you remember to pick up your socks and I don't have to be the bad guy in addressing this with you, you know? And especially for people that are a little more mild-mannered or passive. Um, I saw a post the other day that said something along the lines of, like, um, self-care or, like, defending yourself can feel aggressive when you're not used to it, too. Which is 
absolutely how I feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get um, that. Because if I tell someone like, I don't like that, or this crosses a boundary for me, a lot of people that have benefited from my silence will take that as like, oh, you're being weird or you're being aggressive or you're being mean or yeah. I feel guilty because I crossed a boundary and you're holding me accountable on it. And it's like, well, yeah, like that's a boundary of mine. And like, I need you to respect that, you know? Um, it shouldn't matter when I communicate it to you either. If I'm telling you that I don't like this or this makes me uncomfortable, I would hope that you care enough about me to A, be understanding, B, be proud of me of like, hey, you're speaking up. I'm not used to that, but I understand yeah. where it's coming from, you know, and C, not make me feel guilty for protecting myself. That might, yeah, I get that. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's tangent in, in a couple of circles. So you know, go for there if you want to add yes. anything else. No. <laughs> You have solidly addressed the the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we have reached the end of this episode, but um, came for some quality content. Today. Yes, and absolutely, like open invitation to um Devin to come back for yes, please. a part two, part three, part four, part five. We don't care. However many it takes. Um we do full series here. We, we do. We do a full series. About it. Um take us to work with you. Yeah. I'm gonna drive in your car. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you so didn't know you need this life chat, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. Unlicensed therapists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be certified. So like I want to be famous. I'm about to be certified <gasps> eventually. Actually, at the end oh. of August, I should finish that program. So it's gonna be famous, um, y'all. I am thinking about getting into the niche of relationship coaching because I love people, and that's a super important one. I like I said, I love that aspect of even something as simple as being aware of your heart rate and how that affects mm-hmm. how you approach mm-hmm. conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I don't think I said this on recording, but we talked about it earlier. One of my favorite portions of class recently is every conflict, whether it's with another person, with yourself, just with whatever life is throwing at you, every conflict is an opportunity for growth. So you can look at it and you can make yourself the victim and give up literally all of your power or you can look Oof. at it as, what can I learn from this? How can I apply this to myself? And how can I become stronger? Mm-hmm. Which is personally the attitude I try to take um, in general. Um, Mr. Stephen Penn over here specifically asked me to speak about some certain life experiences of mine, which I did not incorporate into any of this episode. So time, maybe another time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, absolutely that, you know, very much being mindful of how your body is reacting to things and how your mind is reacting to things in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you take a minute to breathe for like 30 seconds and give your body and your mind a chance to reset and how can I react to this? Not even react to this. How can I respond to this Mm -hmm. once I'm calm versus reacting to this Mm -hmm. in the moment with all this emotion? Um, a lot of times it will benefit you much more to give yourself that space to think for 30 seconds. Absolutely. Um, Can confirm. Yes. I have taken many a times where I just go, we have a little kiki with myself, and yeah. boy, do I know best for myself, maybe not for everybody else. But that's, but oh no, that's honestly the point of coaching, too, is like, say I'm coaching you, 
like I'm not Dylan. I don't know your life. I don't know all the experiences you've been through. You are the expert in that. So literally all I'm here to do is to poke holes and ask you questions and make you think through yourself. Right. Because you are the expert and you have all the skills for that. Inspire you to ask more questions of yourself. Yeah. To better understand yourself. And everyone does. So like you, you think through those things, you work it out on your own. And then not only like, am I not having to take on the responsibility of fixing your problems for you? <laughs> right. That lesson's going to stick more. You're going to feel more proud and accomplished in what you sorted out yourself. Absolutely. Um, and all that growth is on you. All I did was provide you like minimal that. direction or here's a map. Like you told me this is where you're at. This is where you want to be. I'm going to help you figure out the roadmap to get there. Right. And Adding the it. track to take that curve to go where you need to be. Yeah. And that's the whole point of, of like this certification or this process that I'm going through. But more importantly is like kind of for someone that I'm helping coaching, like what's your journey? How are we getting there? Where do you want to be? You know, and you don't always need a life coach for that. You know, if you just give yourself like, you know, however amount of time you feel is appropriate in the day to kind of check in with yourself and be like, how do I feel? Where do I want to be? A lot of times you can do that on your own, but if you want to enlist a life coach and I'm certified at that point, I could use the practice or if I'm at that point of like charging money, like I'm poor, so help me out. But you know, it's, it's contributing to art. Yeah. Or just people like nobody has conversations like this often enough in this day. We have social media and all this shallow shit. Like dig into that deep shit, get to know the people around you, get to know yourself, you know, like it's fun sometimes. And even when it's not, that's still fun. Yeah. You grow and you become a better person. Mm -hmm. So, Usually, oh, grow Oof. very well. I guess pull the microphone away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is uh, today's program. Do you have a? I have a uh, beauty tip of the week. Perfect, because I think I did the last one, and I think you did too. Yeah. But my beauty tip of the week is if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Oof! How that. very dare! <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Own Caucasian it is uh, the things I'm you look at skin change. Tone, okay? So, um, I want to be famous? Hi, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> it has been a great couple of hours. And couple of hours. Well, uh, as of right now, we're at uh, an hour and eighteen minutes, but oh, this okay. conversation has been going on for at least like four hours. We so have been talking about this. We have been. Yeah. So um, open invitation to Devin to come back. Um, yes, please. I love you dearly. I love do. I do. I do. Um, like I said, like eight years of friendship between the two of us. And um, I adore you. And I want you back because we're going to do more of um, the same kind of yes. thing that we've been doing. So, um, I don't have anything else, so if you don't have anything else... Uh, be kind to one another. Or at the very least, be cordial. Oh, I love that. Yes. To yourself as well, please. Oh, we love it. How dare you. So, um, <laughs> until next time. Mm, bye. Bye.